Hi, I'm Christina. And I'm Kishwa, and we'd like to welcome Delia to our podcast, Swipe Right at 50. Today, we're really excited to have Delia Ricard as our guest. She was appointed to the position of Deputy Chair of the ACCC in June 2012 for a period of five years and reappointed for a further five years in July 2017. Delia, welcome to our podcast. Hello to both of you. Can you tell us how best to define the term scam? What is the definition of scam that ACCC works with? The way we think about scams is scams is when scams are when somebody tries to trick you out of your money or your personal information. And that will cover pretty much any scam out there. And from the data that ACCC has been collecting, are you finding that women are more susceptible to scams than men or a particular demographic of women, older women are more susceptible than perhaps their male counterparts or their junior counterparts? It's a very complex picture. So for instance, with investment scams, men are losing more money and are more susceptible. With romance scams, which I think are the worst of all, at the moment, our stats are running about 50-50. Last year, there were a lot more women. Women, younger women, younger people are more susceptible to things like online shopping scams. Um, so it depends upon the scam what the demographics are that go with it. Okay, so you've touched on already romance scam and some investment scams, some online shopping scams. So that's three categories of scams. What are some of the other scams that you're seeing? Uh, look, one of the scams which particularly um, seems to impact older people is remote, remote access scams where the scammer will call and find a reason for you to give them remote access to your computer and they'll then trick you into opening your bank accounts and they're meanwhile watching that, check, getting your PIN numbers, your logins, etc. They will then keep you on the line for a long time, tell you not to make calls whilst they empty out your account. So remote access is a big one. Another really concerning one we're seeing at the moment is something we call payment redirection scams. And this started off mainly impacting businesses, but it's now impacting individuals. And what happens here is the scammer intersects a legitimate invoice and simply changes the payment details. Mm -hmm. And we've seen them doing that now in relation to payments for, you know, entire purchases of a house. So people end up without the house and with a, you know, a mortgage that will go for for decades. It's absolutely devastating. Oh, wow. That that sounds really scary. And especially that last one, because that's a, you know, transfer of a lot of money for the sale or purchase of a house. And so what are some of the remedies and available to a victim of such a scam? And how can ACCC help or does help if one should reach out to, you know, to your organisation? It is very difficult to get money back that you've lost to a scam. The first thing you need to do is call your bank ASAP so that they can hopefully get back any money that you've sent and depending how long it's been, they sometimes can and stop any more funds going out of your account. People are often very emotionally devastated after that whole experience and there's a and usually almost all scams these days scammers are trying to steal not just your money but also your personal information so they can pretend to be you opening accounts in your number name commit fraud in your name so there's a great organization called id care which is a not-for-profit which is government and private sector funding um, that could both help you unravel all of that and a lot of its staff are 
people training for their PhD in psychology, etc., and who will spend time talking to you, helping you through it emotionally as well as practically. Oh, wow. Now, that sounds like a great resource and not one I'd heard of. Little treasure. Yeah, no, that sounds great. So ACCC, what's their role in assisting the public or businesses with scams versus the role you've explained that ID Care has? Scamwatch, the scam section of the ACCC, is the main government place that people complain to. Mm -hmm. And we do a number of things with the data that we get. First of all, we constantly go through it so we spot any new scams that are emerging and scam trends and we put out warnings to the public you know we would be doing media most days around scams secondly we look at the data from that so we get the phone numbers that the scammers used and we share those with the telcos and a lot of work's being done with the telcos which has involved us and the acma um so we've seen a halving of um seen well let me put this another way we've seen over 500 million phone scams stopped in the last year and a half so they're blocking them and stopping the scammer reaching you in the first place we also get the bank account details that the money was sent to and share that with the banks so that they can stop money stop more money going there we share data with um social media and so we're seeing this scam you need to remove it from your site and with all sorts of online businesses both so that they can get rid of scams on their sites but so that they can become a harder target and make it more difficult for scams to get on there in the first place so that's just some of the things we do but we really are trying to disrupt scams so that the scammer can't reach you in the first place or if they do the money doesn't get to them afterwards mm -hmm. There must be a big educational piece in that as well, Delia, with, with the work that you do. It's a huge educational piece, which is why we are tweeting every day. We do multiple media interviews each week. And, and we're just constantly trying to get the message out about the scams that are around, how to identify them and how, how to avoid them and what to do, heaven forbid, if you have been scammed. I remember a couple of years ago when I was working in a sort of association and one of my colleagues rang and said, oh, you wouldn't believe it. You know, X wants me to go and get um, him 12 gift cards from JB Hi-Fi. And I sort of said, that's a scam. And, you know, we were working in an environment where we were, you know, looking at IT policy scamming. And yet, you know, she nearly got caught out. And so it's really interesting. That was when, you know, there was the Apple, you know, cards, gift cards. It was a bit of a Woolies and all those cards were part of some scam. Uh, look, they were used for a long time and they were used in particular in relation to taxation scams, which since this is a podcast, I think around about the middle of the year and around tax time is worth reminding people of because the scammers are constantly out there, but particularly in the sort of months following the end of the financial year. Yeah. And they will call you and say that, um, tax fraud is if you haven't paid your tax or that you what you your money laundering or you're doing something fraudulent and you will be arrested that day unless you provide a certain amount of money and for quite a while and still sometimes they were asking to be paid in gift cards yeah. we've done quite a lot of work with um the major supermarkets and they now have signs up recordings as you go through them and one of the lovely stories is they've trained a lot of their cashiers and you know, tellers. And we hear these great stories of, you know, young people um, 
not yet 20, who see someone buy gift cards and stop them and say, look, tell us why you're doing this because we think you might be being scammed and, and stopping them. So that that is good. But um, they constantly change. One of the very, very frustrating things about working in the scam space hmm. is every time you actually find a way to stop something, they just come up with a different modus operandi. So gift cards were the flavour of the month for quite some time and still used occasionally. But because there are so many warnings out there, and I think the message is out there reasonably well about gift cards, um, now they're looking for payment via cryptocurrency. So you know, they just constantly morph to avoid detection and to succeed. Yes, yeah. And as I said, in that personal experience, I mean, it was just one of those moments and it, in, in some ways it made logical sense because we had guests we would invite that we might give them a JB Hi-Fi voucher. And it was a matter of seconds, you know, my colleague was about to send a junior staff across to JB Hi-Fi to say, go and pick up, you know, 12 gift cards. One thing I wanted to ask, though, is, you know, so contact the ACCC for the reporting and, and try and prevention. Um, and obviously the police, if, if your identity or perhaps money has been stolen. You mentioned this identity theft organization, the nonprofit that can support. Are there any other organizations out there that, that can help people who've been scammed? Uh, look, ID Care is, is probably the main one who can provide really practical support. Some local scams can be dealt with by the police and the police are more active on this than ever in the past. Um, but most scammers are based overseas, so it's really resource intensive. And then you've got, if people are in really bad financial straits, and they often are, particularly after romance scams, where they might have given everything they have, remortgaged their house to help out this person who's the love of their life. Mm -hmm. Financial counsellors can obviously help there. Um, and, the, you know, the, the usual lifeline beyond blues or other places people could go. But, you know, there is no easy fix it, sadly, for scams. And you're unlikely to get your money back. It's the exception rather than the rule when you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I find it a bit alarming. You just mentioned romance scams that have ended up people, you know, mortgaging their house. So, you know, is that quite common? I sort of, for some reason, from the reading I've done, sort of thought, oh, there might be a bit of transfer of money and then, you know, fl flight costs, you know, not that anyone ever arrives knocking at your doorstep, but from what you're saying, it can go so far as transfer of big lump sums of money. We see really huge losses with romance scams and they're really devastating to people's lives. We see people kill themselves over romance scams. And, oh. you know, the, the target group is, over. you know, one of their main favourite target groups is women over 50, So, which is why it's so important that we have this conversation today. And I guess that's an age where, you know, kids have left home or people relationships break down and people just might be lonely um so they're more susceptible to these scams so it, it's really important to get the word out about them turning to that what do you think that makes women a bit more vulnerable than men or are the stats changing you know having just come out of COVID, what's you know what's the data saying to you uh look i think both groups are vulnerable and at this year they're running pretty much 50-50 last year, more women. But I think loneliness is endemic in our society. We all want love. Um, and I suspect I have a greater interest in the women's stories. I just, they, they just touch me. Um, 
but it can happen to anyone and each of these stories is truly tragic and the interesting thing is you know I've met quite a few victims over the years and it is very very hard to convince someone who's caught up in a romance scam that they are being scammed and even once they realize that they are being scammed and are over it I've heard people say but it was the happiest time in my life so I think how having conversations with our friends about who they're seeing what they're doing online and starting early with if you have any suspicions because the longer people are involved the harder it is to convince them that something is a scam yeah i know that's yeah so it's it's an interesting combination of looking for love or trying to get wealthy or get a bargain because you were talking about some retail scamming as well and then you've kind of got these feelings of loneliness and isolation which may make people vulnerable as much as also illiteracy is the online world facilitating these scams more as we do more and more transactions online look it absolutely is and i think most of us associate romance scams with somebody using a dating website or a dating app etc but a lot of the ones we see are people who are not out there looking for love and they've either met the person on some innocuous um, app like Words with Friends, which is a Scrabble app, and got chatting and chatted more and more and things progressed. Or the scammer has, they didn't have strong privacy settings on their Facebook or social media account. The scammer sort of found out a bit about them and then approached them and started chatting. And because they've learned a bit about them from their online presence they can immediately sort of show an empathy and a shared set of values and and know enough about the person that they're trying to scam to to get inside of their head quite quickly if that makes sense yes yeah really disturbing stuff Delia can I just really disturbing stuff I know it is terrible which is why it's important that we talk about it yeah no it's sort of playing at people's vulnerability looking for love is not a crime you know people want you know to feel loved or give love back and then yeah wanting a bit material comfort and a bargain a shopping bargain they're part of the shopping scams I was talking about is when people go online to shop and they, the goods don't turn up or something yeah. that they didn't order as cheap so they don't even have to be looking for a total bargain they, there are just a whole range of scams out there one of the things i've noticed the scams of like i was uh, fleeced once through my credit card but you know the bank managed to return my money but then recently i had noticed a couple of innocuous transactions you know like two dollars fifty and I thought, oh, what's, you know, what's that transaction for? And luckily I got onto it quickly and there weren't, you know, someone was testing out and I don't know how they got the details. And of course I had to, you know, cancel the credit card. But yeah, it's interesting how it's done. It's a good reminder that we should all read our credit card statements, go online and read our credit card account statements regularly because yeah. you, you, were, you were lucky to pick that $2 up because it happens so often and a lot of people you know, just don't take the time or don't have the time yes. to regularly check their credit card accounts. Um, Delia, you, you mentioned uh, particular age groups that are that are vulnerable, and I'm in them, you know, women 50 plus. But is there is there other data that makes someone more susceptible? Like, is it lower socioeconomic uh, or lower education or culturally and linguistically diverse? How, do, how does that work? 
Look, it's an interesting question. And the first thing I want to say is we can all be scam victims. No one is too smart to avoid being scammed. We see different groups um, more susceptible to some scams than others. So we certainly see a lot of culled scams and often um, what I would call affinity fraud. So one person in a group will be scammed. Um, and we see it a lot around investment scams, actually, where I'll give a cryptocurrency example, but there's a range of them out there where somebody dips their toe into purchasing some crypto, checks to see whether it's legit, takes it out, and gets the money out. And I think, wow, this is the real thing. In the meantime, they can see the graphs with their funds going up and up. So it tells others, and then sort of a word of mouth spreads within the community, and lots of people become victims as a result of that. So we certainly see consumers overrepresented in some types of scams. Also, we see them being targeted in some. There's some really horrendous threat-based scams that are focused on cal communities, including scams where obviously the scammer's got a reasonable amount of information about the person and they call and say there's a problem with your visa, you need to pay this much immediately or you'll be deported by the end of the week. And oh. you can imagine how that plays upon people's fears. It, it's yeah. quite, quite horrendous. Um, with Indigenous people, Scammed at about the same rate, but some slightly different areas. Though again, you know, romance scams seems to be the universal one that captures all groups. So oh. different <laughs> scams, different groups. But it is just, it is very, it's relentlessly depressing. This. I hope you've got a nice, happy story to do after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's sort of ironically heartbreaking because, yeah, putting themselves out there for romance and instead getting scammed, and then probably going to a journey of shame, disbelief, all that would come with it. So, no, it's, it's very disturbing. I didn't think our discussion would go down this empathy path. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's very, very sad. But it is true, though, too, that, you know, if you're a victim of a scam, you tend to not talk about it because you feel shame, right? You feel like, oh, God, I was so silly, I've been duped. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's quite sophisticated. I mean, I wanted to ask you about this because if you think about digital services, and how they've increased, especially with us working online and more and more transactions online. So we've got financial data online. If you've put your real uh, birth date in Facebook, you've got demographic data online. So um, what are some of the precautions that we should be taking and preventative measures to help us, you know, not get scammed? Well, first of all, don't put your birthday on Facebook. I do. You know, it might be depressing that you don't get all those messages. I don't have it there. And I always think, oh, I always say happy birthday to everyone else. Why doesn't anyone remind, remind? I think, oh, because it's not there. And I, for a good reason. But keep your privacy settings really tight on all social media. And, you know, guard your personal information as something precious. Don't put it out there. And I think it's really important that we do talk about scams and talk about our own experience with scams. Mm. I know when I was younger, I got caught in a work from home employment scam when I was in the US, didn't have a green card, didn't have any money, needed to support myself and gave away just about the last money I had so I could get the resources to do this work from home thing. Mm. I was stupid. Um, but we're seeing a whole lot of work from home scams emerge now, which is one of the reasons I, I give that example. Yeah. But having the conversations, checking in with people, people when you hear something new about scams bring it up over the dinner table all yeah. those things help yeah and does um 
ACCC or uh, the ID care organization, do they have a helpline? So for example, you know, say someone is wooing me, focusing on the romance scam and they sound wonderful. I'm just not sure. I probably wouldn't be that person, but let's go along with that. And can I ring anyone? Because, you know, I want to believe this person. They sound like they really get me. And, you know, they're the one, Delia. <laughs> they are the one. Look, I, I wish I could say that you could yeah. call us. Yeah. We don't have the resources because we get yeah. hundreds of thousands. You can ring ID Care okay. and you can also call, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Lifeline Beyond Blue are very well acquainted with these things and calling them. But we have a terrific, I know, I know websites not the answer to everything, but yeah. we really do have a fantastic website. But we've just been voted for 2022, the International Scam Fighter of the Year. And oh, a large part is because of the website, which yeah. actually needs a lot of work, but that's another story. And you have things there, and this is something that we have found to be effective. We've got permission from TV channels, and when people have interviewed real-life victims, we keep their stories on the website, and if you can find them, that's one of the things that needs fixing. They're really helpful to start to form the question mark because there are such similarities in most stories. Friends can't get through, but when you hear somebody telling your story or something very close to your story, it it starts to make you question. And that's a really important beginning. And it also goes back to, as you said, you know, you've had feedback, some of the victims of romance scams, that it's nevertheless been the happiest times of their lives. So these people are obviously very good at touching uh, raw nerve or a bit of um, psychological manipulation is another way of are single people more susceptible because you know there's romance scam is one of the biggest type of scams as versus investment and some of the online and remote shopping so are you finding single household or single people are more susceptible to scams we don't have data in relation to that. But remember, the scams are a very broad gamut. Yeah. So whilst there may be some scams, and I suspect single people are more susceptible to romance scams, in a lot of other scams, you'll find people in every level of engagement. It must have increased too with dating apps. Like I'm, I'm on the dating apps and, and sometimes I see pictures of men that are so beautiful. I think that's just too good to be true, right? And so before swiping right, I quickly checked their location and I noticed they're hundreds of thousands of miles away. So that, that to me is a bit of a scam. So have you found that uh, it's increased as a result of dating apps and the use of those? Um, look, I think it's increased because of the result of dating apps. I think it's increased as a result of COVID. And when you're seeing that impossibly handsome person, the first thing to do is to do a reverse image search. Um, and a lot of them will be in the US military or something like that, um, or an aid worker in Africa. And if you do a reverse image search, you can often find that they are not who they say they are. And if you sort of keep Googling away, you can find that they have scammed hundreds of people. So that is... Anyone, well, my number one advice was would be don't date someone on a dating app that you can't meet around the corner for coffee. But number two, if you have gone down that route, do some Googling about them and start with the image. And what is reverse Im image search? Do I just put the image on Google and do a reverse and type in reverse image search, Delia? If you type in reverse image search on Google, it will tell you how to do it. There's another thing called TinEye that shows you how to do it. So it, it's quite simple. And Christina touched on this slightly. So as 
you know, there's a proliferation of dating apps in the market. So for some of these dating or romance scams, is the entry point these apps or can they happen through other means as well? Uh, look, a lot of them start with the apps and we have certainly put out guidance, guidelines, what we expect in terms of checking who's on, et cetera, for dating websites, dating apps. But we're also seeing these scams occur through contacting someone on social media like Facebook or from the sort of innocuous apps like Words With Friends or even some of the, you know, the gaming ones where they're shoot, shoot, bang, bang sort of thing or whatever it is, I don't do them. So any of those apps where you can chat to the other people you don't know playing, you can find scammers lurking, wanting to engage you in conversation, engage you, engage you, and then what they'll usually do is try to take you away from either the dating app or the words with friends, et cetera, and talk to you through an encrypted app like WhatsApp. So there's less chance of them being discovered. And we certainly expect dating apps and um, websites, et cetera, when they're notified that somebody has been a scammer to contact others who've been approached by that person and warn them. Okay, yeah. And one of the things we haven't touched on, we've sort of assumed that most of these scammers are overseas. Do you have data on that as well, Delia? Like, are you finding they're mixed or, you know, it's easy to blame other people overseas, but do we have onshore? It's very clear the vast majority are based overseas, but we certainly have some homegrown scammers. We've seen them and we've seen the police actually arrest quite a lot during COVID. We have some homegrown romance scammers, mm -hmm. um, both male and female. We have puppy scams were a huge thing during COVID. I think last My year. My friend just got that. She got scammed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a lot of money to buy a puppy now. So, it yeah. costs a fortune. And we had $4 million worth of losses to puppy scams reported to us last year. Remember that we only get 12 to 30% of scams. So yeah. the police have been quite active. Where, where they have evidence, they are going out and arresting people. Yeah. Um, but it's the exception, not the rule, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, no, that sounds dreadful. I do remember hearing about the puppy scams, but I got kittens myself during COVID, so and I got them from RSPCA. In terms of, we've talked about a bit about education, talking about it with your friends, but I, I keep on coming back to a lot of the people who are getting scams, especially the romance scams, might be isolated and lonely, especially during COVID. And what tips would you have to sort of make sure that you've alluded to the reverse image search? That is a good one. I mean, I think it's so understandable. We all know people who have great relationships who've yeah. met online. I mean, it's, it's way more common than just regular dating, it seems to me, these days. The bottom line is if they ask you for money, if you can't meet them in person and if they ask you for money, no matter what the excuse it is going to be a scam. And if I think about the scenarios that are typically sold to women, um, the guy may be a widower, he's either got an aged mother he cares for or he's got an only child, there'll be a medical emergency because he's in the Gulf or in the middle of Africa doing something exotic, um, he won't be able to access his funds and if you don't send money immediately, the child, the mother could die. So the kind of scenario where understanding that these people are already committed and in love, where even if a question mark forms, you think, well, you know, what if it's real? I could never live with myself if I didn't have... So they are 
very, very emotionally manipulative. And I'm aware of someone who fell for the ill child scam, brain tumour, you know, very dramatic and, you know, need money for operation and, you know, immediate operation. So, yeah, it's it's quite heart-wrenching. Is there other areas where the ACCC are, are collecting data where single or mature women are more susceptible to being exploited than perhaps their male counterpart? We collect a range of data. None stick out to me in the same way as scams do, where older women, older people lose by far the most and most damage is done to them. Um, And I think, you know, they're targeted in some ways because they've reached a stage of life where they do have some money and some assets that the scammer can hope to get their hands on. And final question, do you have any predictions of the future of scams? I describe scams like an arms race. Every time you... (laughs) you've made some progress they get around it so tremendous progress has been made in stopping scam phone calls and we for the first time in the last decade are seeing a reduction in complaints to the ACCC even though losses are still going up because of investment scams and we're seeing a lot of work done by the telcos telstra is already doing it the others the rules are being putting in place for stopping scam sms so that's all really exciting but my concern is I think that scammers' means of commu- preferred means of communication is going to become encrypted apps, things like WhatsApp. And I don't know anyone yet who has a solution for stopping that. Yeah. So I think, and, and also probably social, even more on social media. So we have to remain sceptical. We just have to. And... Whoever we're dealing with online, and remember there's, you know, dozens of types of scams, not just romance, um, you cannot know exactly who you're dealing with. So if someone's contacted you out of the blue, don't give them personal information, don't give them money, and don't give them remote access to your computer, and don't click on any links. I think is the most useful advice I can give to people. And if you think something might be real, Go and, and they're saying they're an organisation as opposed to an individual. Go and do a Google search, find the contact details for the organisation, get in touch and say, you know, I've had this communication, is it real? And that's exactly what I did with that $2, you know, transaction I had on my credit card. I looked it up and then Googled it and thought, no, you know, it was um, some horror videos and I hate horror mill films. You know, I'm a sci-fi buff. Yeah. So I was like, that is so not me. <laughs> you know? um, I can tell you, yes, I won't be watching horror movies in bed at late at night. But yeah, no scary stuff. And yes, I like your analogy. It's an arms race. So there's people out there who are trying to come up with the next big scam and, and how to. But a common my takeaway is a commonality is romance, investment, and other ways of sort of extracting money. Uh, uh, their end goal is at the end of the day, extracting money out of their victims in some shape or form. Yeah. Indeed. And also by stealing your personal information, which they then use to extract money out of you. Yes, yeah. And I don't know if you're able to share the information, but, but what's the sort of most losses that you're aware of in terms of dollar values we regularly see losses of over a million dollars really wow yeah. the individuals over a million dollars yep wow and they lose everything it is true it is terrible oh delia yeah so it's not my two dollars it's like no, i mean the average loss is a lot smaller than that yes yeah um 
but we do see big losses. Yeah. And with this current fad of investing in cryptocurrency, we're seeing some of the biggest losses that we've seen. Wow, I've just invested in cryptocurrency. <laughs> now you're making me really nervous. <laughs> so my God, Delia, I need your number. I, I I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, and yeah. if anyone ever asks you for that, I can't remember that. There's a secret code for your wallet. I don't do it, so I don't have it. But I can't think of the, the phrase they use. Don't yeah. give it to them, no matter what their excuse. Okay, Christine? Okay, yeah. thank you. That's good. All right, like it. Yeah, yeah, I think it is one of those ironies because you're trying to be, you know, as 50-year-olds, if you're single and divorced or, you know, and the kids have moved out, you're trying to be more independent and grow your money and, you know, perhaps explore romance again. So it's it's like the perfect storm in lots of ways and not having the time to do all the research. Okay, thanks, Delia. So the idea is that this is a lightning round. So you just say the first thing that comes to mind, don't overthink it. So okay. um, you've already shared that you have been scammed and join the club. <laughs> Thank yeah. you all. Um, if you had a magic wand, how would you end scamming? <laughs> if I had the answer to that, I would have done it from hello high water. I don't think there is a single silver bullet that's going to stop this problem. Yeah, fair enough. That's a tough question. Okay, if you suspected your friend was a victim of a romance scam, how would you intervene? I would be talking. I would be asking them questions. I might. It would depend upon the friend and how blunt I could be. I might start talking about romance stuff, scam stuff I was seeing at work and see if any similarities. I might be quite frank and say, have they asked you for money? Have they sought personal information? Have they not had their camera working but want your camera working whilst you're performing intimate acts? Any of those things, um, you know, they are warning signs. Wow, yeah. yeah fair enough. Um, in your job, you don't really witness the best of people and you, you hear a lot of harrowing victim stories. So what's your favorite way to unwind after a hard day's work when you've been learning about victims of scams? Um, what's my favorite way? Other than a glass of wine, which I probably shouldn't say. Um, look, I like spending time with my family. I, I'm a scrapbooker, which I know is considered a very daggy hobby, but I take a photo every day and I put words around it and I, I, I record life. Oh, lovely. Nice. And that's my nice. form of mindfulness. And, and when yeah. you do that, you can find good things in every day. Yes. And it's absolutely okay to mention wine on our podcast. <laughs> just, <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah. What is the best part about your role as Deputy Commissioner of the Australian Consumer Competition Bureau? I'll get to work with incredibly fabulous people, both inside the ACCC, in the consumer sector, others who are out there trying to do good. And you go home at the end of the day some days and think we made a difference. We got that dangerous product off the shelves. We helped that person get over that scam. Yep, we stopped that merger, which would have been anti-competitive and raised prices. So you get a lot of chances to, to make a difference and you work with fabulous people. So it's a great, great job. Nice. I'm glad you're out there. Who are some of your heroines in life? Oh, our heroines in life. Where to start with heroines in life? At the moment, I'd say Greta Thunberg. I think that climate change is the biggest crisis facing the planet. And she has been fearless and determined and absolutely wonderful. Excellent. Great answer. 
what of your achievements are you most proud of? I think that's a funny question. And the only way I can ever answer those most mm. is to turn it into two questions. So the personal and the work or the world or whatever the how question is, Look, I think the thing I'm most proud of is, is I've got two fabulous daughters who are truly nice people and they do they do good and that makes me really proud to see what lovely people they've turned into. In terms of work, I think the thing that I'm, I like, I'm proud of the work we've done on Scouts, but I used to work at ASIC and we started this website, which I guess I was the main driver originally, but lots and lots of people made it happen, but called the Money Smart website, mm-hmm. which is just a fantastic site of financial advice, but also a whole range of tools. So instead of having to go and pay a financial advisor, et cetera, there are tools that you can work out, well, can you afford that mortgage or not? And which have got sensible assumptions behind them. And it gets millions of visitors each year. And it really, truly helps people. I meet people in the streets who tell me about, you know, I went to Money Smart, I did this, and this has been the results. Wonderful. Good for you. I'm going to check it out. I like it. Oh, it's a great site. It really is a good site. It's changed a lot over the years, but it's it's great tools. Great. Last question. What is your superpower? Uh, I I never give up. Like if if I want to see a change, I I never, ever give up. Thank you for um, answering those questions. It sort of gives an idea of who you are. And yeah, any uplifting stories? I mean, I go back to your point. You said, oh, some of this is a bit depressing. (laughs) I will say this. Most of the reports we get to ScamWatch are from people who weren't scammed who recognized that it was a scam because you know they listen to things like your podcast they follow the news and they know the warning signs and they avoid them and it's always good to know that they are avoidable yes I I could do better on the uplifting than that but that's what comes to mind (laughs) I'll give you another uplifting one because this happened just the other day where Google with some work from ASIC actually has agreed to no longer run investment ads unless it's clear and there's proof that they're licensed by ASIC. So Mm. hopefully that will make a real dent on the investment scam side of things. You get these wins, you see advances. So does that mean if I see an investment advisor, I can now look up the ASIC website and see if they're registered? You you could... You can always do that. You can do that already. What Google's committed to do, and I don't think I don't know if it's started yet. It has started yeah. in the UK, yeah. is to not let people advertise unless they can prove that they've got an Australian financial services license. Oh, fantastic! That's really. Great. Good. I would still though be skeptical because people can fake things. Yes. I don't want to give people a false sense of confidence, but I think it's a really good thing that they're doing. Well, you know, thank you. It's been really enlightening. I've learned a few things that I didn't know about, especially <laughs> ID care. I'm going to look them up. Thank you very much, Delia, for your time. And a bit concerning, yes, on some of the things we've learned today, but I'm sure it'll be really good for our listeners. And I feel a bit sobered by it. What about you, Christina? I feel very sober, but also too, our listeners should know that there's many resources. And I had some interesting reading before we interviewed you on the C website. So definitely check it out for some resources. And thank you, Delia, for your for your hard work and this very important cause. Thank you, Christina and Kishwa. It's been lovely chatting to you. It's great that you're covering it. And good luck with the rest of your podcast. It's, I've now listened to some and it's a great show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Swipe Right at 50 would like to acknowledge the Ngunnawal people on whose land our podcast was recorded, and we'd like to acknowledge their leaders, past, present, and emerging. 
And I'd like to thank my aunt Akta Jahan for her music. Shoot, I know you're